Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Let Me Fill You In. This is now the seventh installment of this spinoff, if you will, of Phil at the Movies. Got a, got a few thoughts to share with you today, as well as some interesting movie news. I'll start, actually, with that uh, first. So, for you fans of Freaky Friday, the remake of the original film, but sort of the one that is now cemented, in our uh, in our uh, cultural zeitgeist, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis are in talks to return for a long-anticipated and long-sought-after sequel. So for all you fans of Freaky Friday, Freaky Friday 2 is in development. And I, I grew up with this movie uh, as a kid. It was fun. It was entertaining. And, of course... Anytime you get to see Jamie Lee Curtis, you know I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be right there for it. So this is great, and it sort of continues this this trend, if you will, of a lot of uh, older films or, or, or sort of more you know, modern day films getting a follow up, getting a sequel. We've got Beetlejuice two in the works, kind of all this building on the success and and notoriety of, of Top Gun Maverick, which was really the big breakout and, and runaway hit last year at the box office, as well as a, a crowd pleaser for, for audiences and critics alike. So the, the trend is, continue, uh, is continuing. So uh, I, I will definitely uh, have this one on my radar. I know it's been talked about in, uh, in recent years, but you know now there really seems to be uh, an emphasis to, to make it happen. And I, I hope it won't be a, a Disney Plus release. I, I, I think you know no matter how well a film is made no matter how well it is produced there is something about the the streaming option which while it's it's great it's accessible everyone uh, who has listened to the show knows that i am a fan of the theatrical experience i think there is nothing comparable to going into the movie theater and and watching a film unfold on the big screen. M- movies are meant to be seen that way. TV shows, that's a whole different story, but a, a movie, a film, that needs to be seen on the big screen. So so for what it's worth, I hope that Freaky Friday 2 gets a big screen release because I sort of think back to Hocus Pocus 2, the long-awaited sequel to Hocus Pocus, which came out last year. That was a Disney Plus Release and while it was a it was a hit and, and and certainly found its audience on Disney Plus and of course I, I get the, the the rationale behind it to try to to boost the uh, the streaming audience uh, that that was a movie I think that that would have done very well had it been released uh, theatrically so hopefully hopefully Hollywood uh, will will take uh, take notice and take uh, take notes because I think. That is an experience which which cannot go away and cannot be replaced. I don't care how great your home theater is. I don't care how great your surround sound is. Nothing beats the theatrical experience, and I will champion that every single time. So what else do I have to share for you uh, today? Um, Oh, this actually caught my eye over the weekend. Uh, One of my... Uh, anticipated films. One of my most anticipated films for the year is Oppenheimer, the uh, Christopher Nolan 
I almost want to call it his, his magnus opus. I mean, it really seems like he is pulling out all stops and firing on all cylinders just based on the trailer alone. And the cast, as I have uh, as I've alluded to, is just stacked. It's a perfect, perfect cast, and I, I can't wait to see this film on the big screen and seeing uh, see it in, in IMAX. But uh, just sort of. Kind of to, to keep with the film's uh, aesthetic, to keep with the with the serious nature of it, and to have as much realism as possible. Uh, you know, even though, of course, this is a uh, you know a dramatization of a of a real life story. Uh, Christopher Nolan went above and beyond, and actually has as extras in the film real life scientists. So there are actual scientists in the film working behind the scenes and on on the production so that's just i think a nice little uh, a nice little hat tip uh you know, again only something that christopher nolan you know he always seems to strive for that kind of a uh, uh, extra extra effort but uh, i just think it's brilliant and i think it shows the the real seriousness and and, and passion behind this film and it's just stuff like this i mean it's, it seems kind of throwaway but it just to me, this just enhances my my interest and excitement already in this film. So I, I know we're in for uh, for something special. Um, let's see. Oh yes, this uh, this has created quite a uh, quite a stir, if you will. Uh, Twitter was uh, Twitter was a flurry over the uh, over the weekend because there was a story in the Hollywood Reporter, and I will leave the um, the article in the show notes. But casting for Superman Legacy the Forthcoming uh, reboot, uh, relaunch, whatever you want to call it, of of the DC Cinematic Universe is uh, it's underway. So casting for Superman, namely Superman, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, James Gunn and company are are looking for their leads, and uh, I will I will leave the uh, the article as I said in the show notes, and you can peruse it at your leisure but uh a few names have uh have sort of risen to the top uh for uh, for superman and i will just focus on on that for the, for our purposes so seems again take everything of course with a, with a grain of of salt these days uh, or or a pinch of kryptonite if you will but uh, it seems that two of the top contenders to play superman clark kent are nicholas holt and david cornsweat and uh, you know both phenomenal, fantastic actors. Um, if I had to uh, to pick between the two of them, uh, I would go with David Cornsweet. Just partly because I think he's he's somewhat still a a fresh face in a way. Not that Nicholas Holt isn't, but he he hasn't sort of been uh, you know all over the place in, in terms of you know movies and, and, and TV shows. You know he's been sort of working steadily over the last number of years, but. Uh, he really came to my attention last year when he was in the movie Pearl, which, as I have mentioned on on Phil at the movies, it's one of my favorite films ever. It's just a, a magnificent exploration of psycho of, of psychology and and horror, uh, you know, topped with a great performance by uh, by Maya Goth. But he's in the film and he plays the uh, projectionist character, and I mean he just delivers a a, a top notch, really really. Uh, a, you know, emotional and, and frankly, kind of you know, almost a almost a alluring performance. Um, even though you know he's not in it for that much, and he's very much a supporting player, but 
he fits right in with this wor- within that uh, the world of the film, which you know, was taking place, uh, you know, circa 1918 uh, or 1917. It's in the you know sort of the the countryside, you know, maybe Kansas, but there's there's sort of that that uh that aura he gives off in the film of of kind of of having that uh of a you know kind of a worldly nature to him while at the same time kind of being like a, a you know a a country kid uh you know from down down on the farm so to speak and so when i saw that his name was uh was uh in the uh in the running uh you know possibly i i thought that that's it right there just stop he would be uh he'd be fantastic of course you know we shall uh we shall wait and see but uh filming is expected to begin i believe later either later this year or early in uh in 2024 so uh things are things are getting underway so uh Definitely be uh, staying tuned uh, for that. And if you are interested in all things DC, Batman, Superman, etc., you can follow myself and my two buddies, Chris Evans and Anthony Caruso. Our separate our show, uh, DC Unlimited. We drop episodes every two weeks or so, and we cover all the latest developments on DC uh, movie projects, as well as revisit. A lot of classic DC films. For example, uh, we did a, a recent episode where we revisited the Michael Keaton Batman films, kind of in, in anticipation for the Flash movie later this year. So, if uh, if you haven't had your fill of me already, you can uh, you can get more over uh, over with that show. And I will uh, I'll be sure to leave the uh, the information in the show notes for you uh, as well. Let's see what else did I have? Oh yeah, this uh, this again, just sort of a a small thing, but uh, I think noteworthy nevertheless. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, of course, opened uh, over a week ago to uh, to rave reviews and to great box office returns. And it's in its uh, its second weekend, it had a strong hold, only dropping about forty nine uh, percent for an estimated sixty point five million dollars, which. You know, for all this talk of superhero fatigue, comic book movie fatigue, I, I think those are valid and and fair arguments to be to be had. But I think if the film is well made, if there's passion behind it, if there's an actual story that's engaging, sort of those arguments of fatigue and 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 people tiring of of the genre kind of get pushed to the side because. This film has done well. It's resonating with audiences. It's a crowd pleaser. It packs an emotional punch in more ways than one. Uh, and it's just great to see the industry kind of revive itself in a way after what has really been a, a slump. And I, and I think that's a fair way to describe it over the last number of months, particularly with a lot of the Marvel films. But, uh, you know, we, we, we shall see what, uh, what happens in the future, but it definitely points to, uh, to signs of life, if you will, still within the comic book industry and, and the comic book, uh, you know, movie, uh, genre. So, uh, as a fan, I think that's great, but, but certainly for a film like Guardians, which, is a is a comic movie. It is a superhero movie, but it's so much more than that. And I love it when, when these kind of films can resonate with the larger audience at large. Okay. Lastly, all right. This um this is our cinematic quote for the week. And again, I always try to find something kind of uh you know resident and or something that can you know, you know be taken in. Uh, you know, chewed on, if you will, and and today's words of wisdom come from the uh, the late great Stanley Kubrick, and uh, he said, "A film is or should be 
more like music than like fiction. It should be a progression of moods and feelings. The theme, what's behind the emotion, the meaning, all that comes later. And, and that really, that really stuck with me because sometimes we get so caught up into the minutia and the, uh, the weeds, so to speak, of movies that we sometimes forget that it's, it's art and, and we're meant to be moved by art. Um, we don't necessarily need to know all the mechanics or, or, you know, the big psychological takeaways right away. It's, it's like looking at a, at a painting or a sculpture. What is the feeling? What, what goes through your mind? Same thing can be said, of course, as he points out with, with music. We have that, that, that reaction, you know, even if a song is layered and there's so much meaning and depth behind, depth behind it, but if it, if it doesn't connect with you, if it doesn't resonate right away, you're not going to listen to it again. And the same thing goes with a movie. You have to be engaged with it. You have to feel something from it. And, and this actually acts as a perfect uh, segue because I wanted to talk about a new movie that I finally had a chance to catch last week and it's called a good person and it stars morgan freeman and florence Pugh, and it is just a a riveting and, and i mean talk about an emotional punch this film is is firing on on all cylinders it, it's starts off it's it's an intimate story of addiction loss and grief and and i won't go into it all in super detail because I, I really I recommend this film uh, strongly and, and think it's already one of the best films of the year uh, thus far and I would I would put it on um, you know, my top ten list automatically it's just it's phenomenal and I got a lot of it stems from just the performances of the characters but the movie itself starts off with this character uh, Ali played by Florence Pugh. And she's driving her sister-in-law, or soon-to-be sister-in-law and brother-in-law, took a look at her wedding dress. And they get into a horrible car accident, which ends up killing the two of them. And so the film then flash-forwards a year, and it's dealing with the fallout and the recovery. And, and frankly, the, 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 the turbulent ups and downs uh, that have gone on, and, and what this character, particularly Allie's going through. And then... She sort of has a, 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 you know, by chance, by fate, meeting with Morgan Freeman's character, who is who was going to be her father-in-law. And so it's sort of an interesting, you know, coming together of, of two people that were, you know, at one point going to be a family, but now obviously through events have, have strayed and, and, and gone distant. But it, it's, it's, so, it's so emotional. And, and, I mean, I found myself... I found myself sobbing through parts of it, and yet it has a a feel good quality to it at, at the end. And, but but it's never um, it's never over sentimental. It's not uh, it's not sappy. It's not it's not soapy. Uh, it's raw, and as I said, the the performances are are just incredible, uh, incredible, and it's, and it's riveting. I mean, Morgan Freeman is always great, but Florence Pugh is is one of my favorite actresses, and and she is just incomparable in this film she really is i mean as i said morgan freeman he's sublime he's he, he never turns in a bad performance but 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 pew really just i mean she she is on a whole other level in this film as i said she really carries it it's her story it's it's a powerful existence of of just 
of grief and regret and and frustration and, and addiction and just sort of all of those emotions. It, it felt so real. It felt so. It felt so lived in. And I was just. I was just so moved by this film that I, I I've been telling it to everybody uh, that that I that I've run into. You've watched this film because it really it is something. I mean, it's, it's a story. Nothing. There's no new ground necessarily broken. I mean, it's a you know a story that could have been told and probably has been told uh, in in various. Uh, iterations and forms but it's it's the power of the performances these characters come to life and and they never feel cliche they never feel one-dimensional uh and and that's really a testament to uh to these actors so i i i recommend this film it's already one of my favorite films of the year check out a good person so uh with that I think on that note, um, I will uh, I will end today's episode. Well, let, let me uh, let me give one more uh, one more word uh, a pinch of uh, w- words of wisdom. Luckily, luckily I have all you know some of these on Rolodex, so to speak. But uh, this is from this is from director Ryan Coogler, another another great one, and uh, I think this actually sums up all that I've been talking about uh, in the last few minutes, uh, and from Ryan Coogler. For me, with me, making a film is always about humanity. And that's it. I mean, that, that really is, at the end of the day, the point of, of why we go to the movies, why we watch movies. It's about understanding that, that, ex, that humanity. That's the experience. The special effects, the, 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 uh, the nuances, all of that are great. But, but we're really there to experience something and to have some kind of emotional impact and response and and sort of understanding the human condition so there we go uh leave you i will leave you with that today uh as always thank you for tuning in you can catch Phil with the movies new episode dropping this friday otherwise i'll be back next week thanks again guys